Share your thoughts all morning long on the Meyer Guest Line. Call 248-951-2176. That's 248-951-2176. Now, back to Danny, Ryan, and A.B. Not a lot of additions, but they got to get winning again. Never easy. Never easy. Never easy. They thought they were a playoff team. Just score! Kubalik giving the Red Wings a 4-3 lead against his former club. Face-off win. Seconds later, Detroit's got the go-ahead goal. A beautifully designed play. And a great shot by Kubalik who stops it and fires it low to the glove side on Stalock. If only we could play Chicago every night. Uh, the game last night on TNT. Boy, I miss Ken and Mick. And Ozzy, uh, I missed them all. Keating, you bring them all to me. Those, those are the guys I want to I wanna listen to. Jimmy, Murph, these nationally televised games, humbug. Uh, but the Red Wings did win 4-3 to three last night. I can't believe it. They were down 2-0 at the end of the first. Then they were down 2-1. Two, two to one. They tied it up in the second, 2-2. Two, two. And we went into the third period. Gave up another one to Chicago. Scored a couple of more. Walk away with a 4-3 winner. Blackhawks fall to 22-37-5 on the year. The Red Wings 29-26-9. 16-12-4 or an even 16-16-500 play uh, at home. While... You know, still being roughly six games below 500 at 29 and 35 uh, on the season. But all in all, a I think that's a the the regular season uh, regular season series now tied at one game apiece uh, between these two clubs that used to see each other a whole lot more throughout the course of a season. Uh, Billy Huso three goals against on uh, 20 shots against Jake Wallman. If you didn't see uh, the old Wally Wally World's goal. He's been pretty good. Like he signed that deal, and he's been um, he has been a, a a very bright spot for this team. I think in um, you know on that blue line. So good for good for the Red Wings to get that deal done, and and that's somebody you can look forward to. Dominic Kubalik continues uh, to be uh, very good for this team. Uh, Dylan Larkin got a goal. Uh, good for him. Lucas Raymond added one, and those are your your goal scorers: Kubalik, Raymond, Larkin. And uh, and Wallen and good for them. I mean, they're able to get the win. It is a uh, I don't know exactly the direction this team goes uh, at this point with with the Giants sell. I mean, it was nice to be able to break that six game losing streak, but the the Giants sell there at the trade deadline. You know, it's it's going to be very very difficult to sell me something positive from this team. And I feel like, you know, yesterday's game was, I thought they were going to lose. When it was 2-0 at the end of the first period, I was like, oh, here we go. Like, this is exactly why, you know, don't get frustrated. Just, you know, whatever. Go out there, skate around a little bit, you know, and get it going. But, you know, you don't have Heronic. You traded him. You don't have Burt. You traded him. You don't have, uh, why is his name skipping my, skipping my mind right now? Most recent Red Wings transactions got uh, Heronic. Bertuzzi. Yep. Uh, who was the third guy they traded away? That's what I'm saying. Why can't I think about it? I'm going to be mad. Uh, 
had to be a forward. Oh my goodness. Uh, Terry should know he should be able to tip. But any, anyways, the, the point is um, that you have the, you have a team now that has clearly signaled that they're going to, they're going to, you know, continue to look for the future. And that is going to Sunquist and Verona. Those are the two we were, those are the two that we were missing. Uh, so we had Heronic, Burt, Oscar Sunquist, uh, Jacob Verona. Uh, I wish that the Verona thing would have worked out. It did not. Uh, that's unfortunate. And I guess I forget, I forget that we uh, acquired uh, Jasper Weatherby. Good old Jasper uh, in that trade early on with uh, San Jose back on uh, January 18th. But neither here nor there. The four big ones, they traded away. They got a first round and a second round from Vancouver. They got a first and a fourth uh, from Boston. Uh, they were able to get a seventh rounder in Dylan McLaughlin for Verona. And then for Sunquist, they got a fourth rounder. That one felt a little light, but it kind of is what it is. Uh, they signaled that they are not ready to compete. The Ottawa game signaled that they are not ready yet to compete for uh, a playoff position, although we we all thought that they were going to. I feel like there's a lot of fool's gold uh, with this team this year, and I feel like that's probably why it was most um, disappointing is because we were right there on you know the outside looking in, sitting in like right around ninth or tenth, and they have just plummeted like a rock, three six and one uh, in their last ten. Uh, they trail Washington, Buffalo, Ottawa, Florida. That's before you even get to the wild card. Um, they've lost out on some of those opportunities of the games in hand that they've had on a lot of their opponents. So uh, just just not a not a, I don't I don't know how else you look at this season and, and say this is anything else but a failure. I'm not really sure. Like considering the expectation we were supposed to have going in, and sure health was an issue, Burt breaking both his hands, everybody else getting injured every game. I understand that. But at the same time, even with all the horses ready and all the king's men, they're still not good enough. And I think that that is what is most concerning. Uh, about this club all right uh let's get to our friend linda who is on hold this morning uh over there on the west side linda good morning to you my friend how are you oh very good how about yourself uh i'm okay i'm okay it's thursday yeah yeah i'm a little uh i'm a little concerned i guess uh dan just looked it up uh i don't know if you saw it but uh fabry went down and they think he re-injured that darn acl yeah, yeah, he went down. He never came back. Never came I'm, back into the game last night. You know, I sit here and I think to myself, Steve, did you go a little overboard trading everybody? I mean, I understand, you know, we weren't going to make the playoffs. He didn't think after the, the losses in Calgary, even though that wasn't the only reason he traded, he said, but you know, he wanted to give these players a chance to be on a contender. But uh, now with with him gone and uh, with, with Burt gone now, uh, I was watching Wingspan a couple weeks ago, and uh, he said uh, that Fabry said that uh, Burt was one of his main motivators besides his family. He could walk over to his house and vice versa. And I'm sitting here going, oh, my gosh. And I guess Darren alone said, cross your fingers. I don't know if you've got any audio on his interview last night, but I'm really – are they going to do an MRI? Oh, yeah, yeah, they'll have an, they'll have an MRI uh, today at some point to see where he's at. And I'm sure we, now this could be one of those injuries we may or may not hear. I, I think if they give us full details right away, it's bad. Um, that, that if it is an ACL, then, you know, it's going to be bad news bears. If they don't, and they just say it's a lower leg injury, we'll, we'll see how he is. Then, then he'll be okay. And he'll be able to come back and play again. 
uh, this yeah, year. Darren but, said, Darren Pang said last night it was lower body injuries. They is what they classified it as right away. But when uh, when he went down, Darren was because he's between the glass, so he's got you know bird's eye view of what's going on. And he said he was sick to his stomach watching him go down. It, yeah, it's not. That's, it wasn't, that's, that scares me. Yeah, it wasn't that, good. It me I can tell you that much. And uh, Dan just looked it up when uh, when he when he answered the call and uh, before he before he put me on hold, and he said that's what they think it is. And according to the loan, he said cross your fingers. So that does not sound good. No, that's not uh, that is not ideal. Uh, that's not oh. what we were. That's not what we were looking for. Um, and 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 the. You wonder if it is, can the guy even come back, let alone would he want to come back? This would be the fourth time that he's had this injury. I've had this injury once. I'm not an athlete, and I know I can't do the things I used to do. So I can only imagine him trying to do anything. Yeah, they can repair it and get you to where you can at least walk and function. But, for instance, not to be real technical, I can't go from a standing position down to a sitting position like in a bathtub without kind of leaning back and then if I want to stand up if I sit on the floor or sit down in the tub then I have to get on my hands and knees I never used to have to do that for the ACL tour and that's just on my left knee so I can only imagine with both of his torn three possibly now four times yeah and it's a um it, it it's a bad situation there, Linda, for Mr. Fabry. Uh, always good to hear from you, my friend. We got we have to step aside, but thank you sure. so much for the call this morning, Linda. Have a great rest of your day. There she goes. We'll be back with more X's and Bros after this here on the Michigan Sports Network. They say consistency is the key to success. They weren't wrong. So how about grabbing a beer that's consistently smooth, consistently refreshing, and consistently light? You might just find that the road to success can be pretty enjoyable. Michelob Ultra, the perfect balance of taste and refreshment and only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Huge here for the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can stay up to date on the latest from Lansing 24-7 at MHSAA.com. At MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA on Facebook. The latest news, press releases, and stories connected to every high school in the state of Michigan available for you 24-7 from the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Log on to MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. And if you're looking for archive, boys and girls, High School Sports, MHSAA.TV. That's MHSAA.TV. 24-7, everything you need to know about high school sports in Michigan. Log on to MHSAA.com. Get more for your money at Meyer. Right now, mix or match over a 1,000 items and pay just $1 each when you buy seven of items like extra-large avocados, select varieties of Campbell's Condensed Soup, and select Body Armor Super Drink. Plus, it's double points week. Earn two times the points for every dollar you spend through Emperor's. No clip necessary. 
Get more for your money this week at Meyer. See all the deals in the Meyer app. Excludes fuel. Is X's and Bros on the Michigan Sports Network? Welcome back here to X's and Bros. Uh, this just in this morning, Sean Kemp has been booked by local PD in relation to a drive-by shooting taking place at uh, one o'clock in the afternoon, one uh, fifty-seven or something like that in the afternoon yesterday. Uh, the Altercation took place between two two motorists, and uh, with one gun being fired into a car, no one was injured that we know of as of right now. The shooter is allegedly Sean Kemp. Yes, the Rain Man, Sean Kemp. Um, I don't know what's going on with these people. What, what are you doing? What are you doing? Will Sean Kemp invite John Moran over for a sleepover? Will that happen? They bring Gilbert Arenas with them. Uh, Big Ted tournament yesterday. Uh, today, we'll get uh, the Men's Mid-American Conference Tournament, uh, which will be uh, tipping off during Championship Week, which we love that. But uh, yesterday, by the way, my Toledo Rockets on the women's side of things narrowly escaped in overtime. Oh, my goodness. That was uh, that was a little bit more than my heart could take. Whew. Jeez Louise, but they got it done. Those scary times. Sweaty Palms time. I, it's like I mean, Jerry Palm, but different because it's sweaty. I mean, that was weird that I was the one texting you that. <laughs> I, I, I'm chat. aware. I was like, oh, that's just kind of... Well, it was season. the only thing on at that time of the day. Because it was like a 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock game. So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll throw this on. And it was like, it's Toledo. They should they should handle Buffalo. And then... Beat them by 18 the first go-around. Yeah. And then Buffalo just kept hanging around. Yes. Just hanging around. How about the block by Quinesha Lockett there at the end? Right. Oh, to force the OT. That wasn't a block. That was... Stuffed her. Yeah. <laughs> Give me that. Oh, man. Love, love Quinnisha Lockett. She just plays with such a happy, happy demeanor, happy mannerism. Just happy to be there. Mac player of the year. My girl, Trisha Cullup, poor thing. It's kind of games when you make your heart, heart race a little bit, but back to back Mid American Conference Coach of the Year awards for her five times in her career. By the way, while we do the uh, University of Toledo infomercial here, the University of Toledo is the First school in the MAC, in the third school in the FBS to win the football, men's basketball, and women's basketball conference championships. They joined Oregon and Ohio State are the other two universities have that have done it. Both of those schools have done it since 2000. Those are the only three to ever win the big three all in the same season. Toledo became, I believe, the first institution to sweep player of the year and coach of the year awards in both men's and women's basketball. So Ray J. Dennis got announced as the uh, Mid-American Conference Men's Player of the Year. And uh, my guy, Todd Kowalczyk, Coach of the Year. They're looking for 16 consecutive dubs. They'll be uh, back in action a little bit later on uh, today. They're from Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. 
looked like it was a lot of fun on television. Uh, yesterday in the United Center at the Big Ten Tournament, we had Ohio State beating Wisconsin in the early game, 65-57. to It felt like a really nice game for Wisconsin there. I mean, felt or for Ohio State. It felt like they, they jumped out to an early lead. They maintained control, and they were able to, to finish the game, even though Wisconsin kind of came back a little bit there just to make it respectable in the second half. And then Minnesota beat Nebraska, 2-17, Minnesota beat Nebraska. Can you believe that? 78-75. The Cornhuskers are out. I wouldn't be surprised if that job, uh, if they they start to look around a little bit and try to find the next uh, up-and-comer there for Nebraska, too, because that's just an absolute mess. Hoiberg is just, how do you go from coaching the Bulls to not just being a disaster? But Minnesota wins, so good for them. Uh, They will survive in advance, which is the name of the game. And on Wisconsin here. There has been discussion about expanding the NCAA tournament up to 96 96 teams is what they're thinking about. 96. Now, I don't know about you, but I will tell you this much. Adding or expanding the field to 96 to add 32 more teams is one of the worst ideas I have ever heard in all my days. Now, there's roughly 330 schools playing Division I basketball. And if you have 96 teams, right, if it's 330 and you have 64 teams, we do this a lot with college football, you got about 20% of the field makes the playoffs, right, makes the tournament. 20% of your overall 330, it might even be more, it might be up to three. I don't know. I think that we need to put some rules in place here and, and thin the herd a little bit. They want to expand the tournament. I want to, I want to close it off. I don't want open. Oh, there's no open door policy here. I want to build a wall. You got to work to get in here. And I look at a team like Wisconsin that hasn't won back-to-back games in the calendar 2023 year, and they're on the bubble. In a 96-team field, folks, my Michigan Wolverines are probably in. Now, I don't want this to come across the wrong way, but as of today, does Michigan deserve to be in the NCAA tournament? Have they played well enough to be a tournament team at times? But then they've also showed you that, yeah, no, they probably aren't good enough. They probably don't deserve to make the field. By expanding to 96 teams, you're not going to help out more little guys. It's not going to matter. Do we want to see 12 Big Ten teams in the tournament? No! It's the exclusivity of it all that makes it important. And right now, you already got 64 plus the first four, so 68 teams that make the field. It's too many to begin with. 68 teams, if there's 330 teams in college basketball, it's 20%, almost 21% Uh, of the teams uh, make the playoff. I I don't know if it's too many. I think it's perfect right now. I I love the way I love the play-in games. I love the first weekend. It's the everything about it is it they just leave it how it is. It's great. I th- you know, just the way it pretty much works out that the first weekend is St. Patty's weekend every year. Like I mean, you're going to be look you you know, you kind of look at the NFL like in my brain still the Super Bowl is 
the first week, you know, the first five days of February in my brain. Now it's like the 15th, the 16th, something like that every year. It's just, it's weird because they added that different, that extra week. It would be weird and throw everything off if you added more games and more teams. I agree. Um, I like the natural calendar. Uh, I'm, I'm not opposed to that at all. It has been pulling teeth. The amount of people it said, people like John Wagner, good friend of the show, who say that you can't expand the college football playoff because you're 12 teams to it. Are there 12 deserving teams? There aren't 96 deserving teams, folks. I hate to tell, I hate to break it to you. There are not 96 teams that deserve to go to the postseason. That's what they have the NIT, and the CBI, and the CIT for, for all of those other teams that can't make the tournament. That's what they're there for. Yeah, and if you want to revamp the, you know, the NCAA tournament, just do it with like the mid majors. Like, why should the mid majors be playing a conference tournament? Because the money grab that is this week—that's the only reason. But and you want to you want to redo that, the format? Like, I'm all for it. But I'm like, all for it. How much money are these conferences making off their tournament? I have no idea. I know that. How many fans do you think were there yesterday at the queue? This is one of those things that's bothered me for eons. Is that you know you keep going to you keep going to this venue that you could have it in the Huntington Center in Toledo where they used to hold it in Toledo. It's in the middle of the conference geographically, and the Huntington Center is the perfect size for it. You'd have about eight thousand fans. It's perfect. It's all you need. A little bit more for hoops. Why don't we just do it there? It's a beautiful venue. It's the perfect size for MAC basketball. Um, when were they doing that, though? What, for what? I mean, See, when it was in the Seagate Center, like in the nineties. How many teams were in the MAC? That, like, uh, is there enough? Are is there enough hotel space to hold? Let's say the MAC hasn't really teams expanded that much. I think they've actually gotten smaller, right, <laughs> over I mean, the last thirty years because they've lost Temple, they've lost Massachusetts, like they Marshall. Yeah, they've actually lost a few teams instead of gaining a few teams over the last 20 years. Yeah, we have, uh, you know, there's a, there's a couple of hotels downtown that would be able to uh, house them. And, you know, there are a couple of hotels in other places as well that would be just And just the fine. eight teams is fine for the Mac. I like that. They're, yes. I, I respect the Mac for saying, you know what, if you were 2-18 two and, two and 18 this year, you're not invited and going to steal our bid. Yeah, they like that's the the fact that Eastern, Western, and Central, right? And I made that joke about how you know Monty Bates and I have something in common. Neither one of us is going to the MAC tournament. The fact that Eastern, Western, and Central have a combined twenty six total wins between the three schools—that's only one more than both Kent State and Toledo. They both have won twenty five games this season. You're absolutely right. It, it, by trimming the field from twelve to eight. You've basically won. You put extra emphasis on the on the regular season, and and you have no longer allowed some sort of treachery of a 12 seed that won two conference games, a team like Minnesota to win a game. Like, let's be honest. I, I'm okay with it. I don't even think we needed to see Ohio State, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Nebraska. I don't think any of them even deserve to be in the Big Ten tournament. I think you'd trim that right down. You know, we're for whatever reason. We just want more, 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 right? And the exclusivity is what makes it great. 
people be and moan all the time about college football in the playoff. Yeah, you expand it the regular season. It's not going to matter. Dude, you're expanding it. There's 3% of college football teams make the playoff. That's it, 3%. 20% make the tournament. If you are going to expand the college football field from, from 4 to 12, and there's 131 teams playing college football, might even be more than that at this point. It's like 10%. Take a, take a breath. Relax. And if you're going to tell me that you know, we shouldn't expand college football because there aren't deserving teams. How the hell do you explain expanding it to 96 in the NCAA tournament? Find the way that it is. Contraction. I'm all about contraction. Less is more. Less is more. You don't need to oversaturate. Right? You want a little olive oil in the pan, a little butter. Like, that's fine. You don't just dump the whole thing of olive oil, the entire container, into the pan. It would ruin your meal. Don't ruin your meal. Also, this thing, the NCAA should change up the first four games. It should be all at-large teams in the first four. Hmm. Let okay. them all play out for that those final spots in the tournament because they're looking for that invite. They didn't qualify for the tournament. I actually really like that idea. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, I mean, if you didn't, or if you didn't earn it through winning your conference, then yeah, sure. Yeah, because I think it's it's kind of crap for those teams that won their conference tournaments to be like, okay, you not have to play in for the, the seed. You're you're in the rat tail match. Can you imagine Montana State? Like you win the Big Sky, you're celebrating. It's great. Somehow you end up in a first four game. And then, like, you win in your 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 first round game as a one seed. Like, what kind of what kind of congratulations is that? You know what I mean? Like, no, I think Ryan is absolutely right here. If Michigan, quote unquote, makes the tournament, stick them and Dayton in the first four. Michigan, Clemson, Rutgers, Mississippi State, like all those other Big Ten teams that they yeah, have there. Half the Big Ten just relocate the Big Ten tournament to Dayton this year pretty good that's what they should have done that's tweetable um you know it's it, there it, it's special it's march and we need to leave it kind of the the way that it is and if you wanted to do completely away with the conference championships uh tournaments uh, that would be fine by me uh, you're not going to hear any complaint uh from me today in the big 10 tournament it all kicks off at noon michigan against rutgers all of these games are on btn at 2 30 Ohio State will play Iowa, so uh, pretty uh, pretty quick turnaround there with two games in you know under 15 hours. Penn State, Illinois at 6:30, Minnesota and Maryland in the nightcap at nine o'clock. Pretty surprised Ohio State didn't get one of those uh, later games, considering Minnesota got the late game yesterday. They win, they get the late game again today, so they'll be 24 hours. They at least get a day uh, between tip-offs. Where Ohio State, I mean, they went, they just went to bed. They wake up and go out there uh, and get after it a little bit. So those are your four games, like I said, all on BTN. Now, over in the Mid-American Conference, uh, the, the men's tournament will start today. The women have to, today off. Men start today, and then they'll combine. Men and women will both play uh, tomorrow. But Toledo versus Miami, 11 a.m. ESPN Plus has the Mid-American Conference tournament. So 
congratulations to the Mac. What a great deal they made with ESPN. What a great way to showcase uh, the conference tournament by putting Western Central Toledo Bowling Green on a Wednesday during football season in the middle of November where four people can go to the game and then taking their conference tournament and stuffing it on ESPN+. Great job. Good contract. Well done, everybody. Well, well done. Whoever, whoever is in charge of negotiations, we need to negotiate some things because that is a, an absolute travesty. Neither here nor there. Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, Rockets and Red Hawks, 11 o'clock. Then at 1.30, Ohio, our boy Kyle Barlow and his Bobcats will take on Ball State at 4 o'clock Northern Illinois against the two-seeded Kent State and then Buffalo and Akron at 6.30. So that's what's taking place on the men's side. Remember, the women have the day off because they're all going to play, uh, get their, their four games in uh, tomorrow uh, at the queue. So very much the queue at Rock and Mortgage Fieldhouse. I'm still bummed that they changed the name of that. I know, I know I shouldn't be. It's just naming rights, but just bummed out. Also, by the way, did you guys hear this? You probably didn't, but this is just some crazy news. The Glass Bowl is going to have a, a, a naming rights sponsorship now. A firm has been hired to evaluate and to uh, dive into what the uh, the name of the Glass Bowl will now be moving forward. How how what wild has it been? The Glass Bowl for hundred years. Can you imagine? Do you think that Michigan Stadium ever has naming rights? I, I naming rights like the coaching position has naming rights. Right. Exactly. Like I'm thinking, like the big house presented by, yeah, like Mike I'm Morris offer. <laughs> right, I'm thinking, uh, like for the Glass Bowl, like, uh, Ball Arena in I think it's Denver. That's where the Nuggets play. I believe it's Ball Arena. I don't know if you guys know what Ball the company Ball is. They make mason jars. That would be a perfect one for the Glass Bowl. The Libby Glass Bowl. There you go. Some a glass company. Just yeah, I mean, that's, get it uh, done. It it makes sense. It'll probably be the Prometica Glass Bowl or something like that. But uh, I'm not uh, I'm not sure. You know, I don't I don't I don't know how that whole maybe uh, what that looks like, how that sounds. To be honest with you, what's the? Uh, isn't there like a China company here or Waterford Crystal? Something like maybe they can do it. The Waterford Crystal Glass Bowl. If if Waterford Crystal got the naming rights to the Glass Bowl and I'm still employed there, my mom is going to be all over me uh, for Waterford Crystal stuff. I could, it's going to be a shakedown when I see her. I could just have me by the ankle. Just, you know, what do you have in there? Huh? What do you got? I knew, I knew it was going to be bad news that she called me the other day. She said, where are you? What are you doing today? Not good. All right, we'll step aside. We'll get our Waterford, Waterford Crystals together. We'll come back. We'll talk more sports next. Hour two, X's and Bro's Michigan Sports Network.